I am back, but only kind of back. <laughs> and, and I'll explain what I mean in just a moment. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Well, I'm back, but kind of back, and I'll explain what I mean in just a second. But first, I want to thank Jim Calhoun, who put in a lot of extra time. I know he is so busy with his farm in Nebraska and and then doing his other two radio programs and trying to help me out on Wednesdays to add a couple of more days where the programs was a lot for him to do. And he volunteered to do it. And I am so thankful. Now, what do I mean by being back but not back? Well, I'm recording this program just before we head out of town for my surgery that occurred this past Monday. And if you're hearing this program, that means things are going fine. And it means that I'm getting ready to to do some radio programs over the next Oh, the remainder of this week and getting into next that I think are going to be very important. Before we headed off, I was working on a project, doing some preparation for something that I think is vitally important. Something that I think is going to define this ministry, this program, and the rest of my ministry and my life going forward. Now, as I said, if you're hearing this program, that means things went well as expected. And I know from having had this same surgery twice before, trying to get right back to the microphone in 48 hours, maybe 72, is pushing it a little bit. Not that I'm unable. It's just that the body could use some rest. And I very seldom take time off. So the decision... I made was to make sure that everything was covered Monday through Thursday. The surgery's on Monday. I get back home Monday night. Then I wanted Tuesday, Wednesday, and, you know, half of Thursday to kind of get back into, into feeling good. For the first day or two, I have a catheter, and it's always difficult to sit down in this studio and deal with it. And so we just decided to make sure that everything was covered through Thursday. And once again, I thank Jim Calhoun uh, for filling in. One little item I want to share with you, it comes from one of my regular listeners, and I believe in Canada, who sent me an email. And he wanted me to read an article, which I did. And it made me think about something, and then we're going to get into the real topic for today. And this article came out of the New Yorker. There were a couple of strange stories out of the New Yorker of late. I think there was even one saying we need amnesty on everything we did wrong with the coronavirus. Another story for another day, but not today. And this story came out. Oh, I think it was like a week ago, a little over a week ago, in the New Yorker. And it came out in the, the, the February 6th issue, even though it was written back last week. And the title was rather, rather captivating. 
when when Americans lost faith in the news. And they work under the supposition that a half a century ago, most of the public said they trusted in the news media. Today, the vast majority, hey, only about less than 20% of, of, the, of people trust mainstream media news. And it's become a popular thing. And so they, they've, they bemoan the question of what happened with the power of the press. And I read the article, and suffice it to say, they come up with all the wrong conclusions because they refuse to understand that they are the reason that people have lost faith in the news. They don't get it. We don't want your opinion. We just want the facts. You you remember Joe Friday, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. The problem with the New Yorker, the problem with the New York Times, the problem with the Washington Post, the problem with CNN and and MSNBC and and ABC News, CBS News, NBC, any NBC product, and in Canada, the CBC and others, is they are all propaganda outlets and they can't understand why we don't buy into everything they have to say. Either that or they're so deluded into their ideology, they believe they are so right and everybody else is so wrong. So they blame they blame the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, that called him out as being fake news. They're they're saying it's because he said that. That's why we don't have any credibility. No, you lost your credibility decades ago. And you've just been trashing it even worse ever since. And the New Yorker, you're one of the worst. The reason I don't believe you is you've lied so consistently on a regular basis over and over. Why should I suddenly give you credibility and trust you today? The New York Times is finally coming around to realizing they lied and lied and lied with the Russia collusion hoax. And now they're trying to run for cover. Because the cat's out of the bag. They got snookered or they were part of the snookering. I think the latter is actually what is true. They were all in on the deception and the propaganda because they believe so much in their leftist socialistic ideology that to them the ends always justify the means, even if it means lying. Even if it means trashing your your journalistic integrity and just flushing it down the toilet, which is what most of the mainstream media has done. That's why I don't listen to these people anymore, because they're liars and I don't need to waste time listening to liars. I will not. The only time I, I ever get stuck watching something on CNN or MSNBC or the the the, the witches of the coven of the view on ABC is when some other news outlet shows their absurdity and gives you a few seconds. And even then I get physically ill watching these reprobates. I'm just, I don't want anything to do with them. Kick the dust off your shoes, move on. And I want to add one more thing Then I'm going to move into the topic at hand. Like I say, one of the reasons that the mainstream press 
has lost audience, viewership, readership, whatever the case may be, is you lied. You misrepresented and people started to figure out that you were pushing only one ideology. So immediately you're tossing off half your audience. And then even in the remaining half, they're finding out that you can't be trusted. That's why you're not trusted anymore because you made the choice of lying. And even if you finally get around to telling the truth, who's going to hear it? We all remember the boy that cried wolf and laughed. Well, that's what you've done in the media. When you sided with Adam Schiff to talk about non-existent evidence about Russian collusion and you kept repeating it and repeating it and repeating it like it was the gospel truth. And people knew then, even in the intelligence community, even some of your guests like Clapper and Brennan, MSNBC and CNN, they knew it was a lie from the get-go and you let the liars come on your your programs knowing that they lied. There's no, no doubt that you knew. But you hated Trump so much. You hated conservatism so much. You hated decency morality so much. Yeah, you did. You hate decency and morality. You subscribe to a life that is reprehensible and disgusting and vile and vomitous. And you wanted to protect your pernicious ways. And so you come after anybody that challenges that. You're deceived, you're deluded, and dying. You're dying. You have lost 70 to 80% of your viewership and audience. CNN's ratings are so dismal. If I was on a radio platform, let's say I was a big time, you know, talk show guy just on on radio stations. Not one station, but, you know, like on a network. I'm on I'm in maybe 20 markets. If I had the numbers that CNN has, they would fire me. Yet they keep. Plugging along. MSNBC keeps plugging along. And are are they really making any money or is the ideology so important? And so I open up this this program today. And I I just wanted to, to explain to you that part of what we do on this program is the news. Not a whole lot. We are not a news entity. I don't have reporters, and I don't have the ability of video and correspondence. I have to rely on sources that I have learned to trust. And even then, I have to vet them, because even sometimes they can get snookered. It is not the most important thing that I do day in and day out. I give you some of the news just to show you the trends of the direction we're going. But the most important thing that I can do is to give you good news. And there really is. And good news, not just not happy news, good news, positive news, encouraging news. And I I show you the stories about the world for a reason. 
to show you that we are in this world, but not of this world. And this is one of the greatest problems I run into with conservatives. They are so determined to go to the voting booth and fix the world. It's never going to happen. And the sooner you wake up and understand that even half the conservatives you think are your heroes are also liars, reprobates, and bought off. I know that sounds depressing, but it's true. Fox News can be trusted only to a point. There are, there are corporate entities with lots of money dangling around that even compromise the Newsmaxes and the, and the Fox Newses and a handful of others that are out there even online. Money talks. And sometimes it takes a lot of money just to get to those individuals, even at those so-called conservative networks. And understand that oftentimes... And I'm going to give you this little insight. I wasn't planning to talk this long, and I apologize, but I'm going to finish up this thought. Years ago, I was part owner of a little news talk radio station. And, we you know, we, we did everything right. You know, we had the, the, the most popular talk show host on of the day, which was like, you know, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, um, Glenn Beck, Michael Savage, Uh, You name it, we had it, Fox News, and and some local in the morning. And I learned a lot during that time. That the the company that ran the network, that, that bought me a lot of the programs, like Rush Limbaugh and like Sean Hannity and others, was Premier Radio Network, a subsidiary of Clear Channel Communications, now known as iHeartRadio. And the people that ran that company were not sold at all on anything conservative. They were sold on greenbacks, money, 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 money. The only reason they had those programs on was money. Advertising sales. You know, when you have somebody like Rush Limbaugh that accumulated 20 some odd million listeners a week, that's more than Fox News has. That's pretty much more than all cable news has today combined. Just so you know, it was money. And I know for a fact that a lot of pressure was often put on some of these individuals. Rush Limbaugh had it made because he owned his own company with a long-term contract. So he has, he was, shall we say, less influenced by the money grubbers. Sean Hannity, not so much. If it has to do with something, you know, there, there are certain topics you'll never see Sean Hannity go up against. And if he does, he almost does it sheepishly. And then you had, you know, we, we've known for a year and a half, you know, that the vaccines had risk, especially for young people. But Fox News and, and, and yeah, Newsmax, they all took the money from the federal government to promote boosters for kids. Those evil, I'm sorry, but the second they did that, they showed me that they wouldn't study what everybody knew that is now coming out. We told you a year and a half ago what many doctors were saying and could show the numbers that this vaccine would not stop you from getting or spreading COVID-19. We knew that. Yet Twitter and Facebook, 
and all the fascists in the United States government, the Nazis, I'm going to call them for what they are, the Nazis, the money-making Nazis that are controlled by big pharma. You can't say that. That's misinformation. That's disinformation. You must be suppressed and silenced, maybe even put in jail. Lose your medical license. All of it was a lie, and they knew it at the time. They knew it, but they took the risk anyway. And to this day, only a couple of people at Fox News even challenge any of the narrative. The rest don't. They won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. Because that's where the corporate money in the daytime lies. All that money, money, money. They don't want to lose it. So they compromise everything. All right, I'm off my soapbox now. I don't trust the media. Half of the conservative websites or more are clickbait garbage. Some of the headlines are worse than the, you know, the kind of tabloid newspapers over the years at the grocery store. You know, the monster with three heads I found in my swimming pool garbage. There, Some of this conservative stuff that, you, that I get every day in my inbox is garbage it's foolishness and too many of you are falling for it getting to the truth is never easy but if your concern is to fix this world you get so involved in those stories that you don't really have the time to do what God has called you to do And that's what today's program really is about. Sure, I just spent the first third of the program talking about what you can't trust anymore. Maybe, maybe myself included, maybe you as my audience, maybe myself and other people that I know well, maybe we're spending too much of our time in the world's issues and problems trying to sort out this story, that story, fact from fiction. If we spent, I'm going to ask you a question, and this is urgent. How many hours a day, and I've had to ask myself this question, and this, and it's going to make a change. And I made a promise that with the surgery that I had, remember, I'm recording this before the surgery. I've made a commitment to spend as much time in God's word as I spend in the world's issues, problems, and news. I have to. I'm tired of being what sounds like a secular conservative or libertarian or whatever you want to call it, news person. I'm done. I'll share stories, yes. But I'm going to spend more time in God's word, and this program is going to gear up. It's going to gear up to be more of a solution, not just a illuminating the problems. We all know what the problems are. You don't need this program to give you the the typical problems that you find with the leftist, the typical problems you find with government spending. I don't care what country you're in, whether you're you're Canadian or American or United Kingdom or Australian, or as some are that listen in Germany and other nations in Europe. You know, you don't need me to do what everybody else is already doing. 
Do you understand? Why? Going forward, and this is why I did this story, Americans have lost faith in the news. And I'm saying not just the liberal or the leftist news media, I'm losing faith in a lot of these so-called conservative media because a lot of it's all about the money, the clickbait. I, I get stories all the time with these real teaser headlines that are a bunch of nonsense and it's not really what they're trying to say, but man, you clicked the story. I'm sick of being played for a fool by Western Journal and, and a bunch of others with your sorry, sick, play, sick, sick clickbait headlines. I don't need it. You don't need it. I wish there was just one news source that could distill all this stuff. I'm not big enough to do that, and I don't feel called to do it. Maybe there are a handful of people that are. Maybe we'll get together. Maybe I'll help them get a platform on radio, on International Shortwave, as a podcast. Maybe we can put something together, but I'm not going to be the one anymore to do it. I'll share some stories because they will have, well, they'll have a connection to something more important in our lives. The direction has to change. I can't find, I've got my Bible sitting right in front of me here in my studio. And I've had, this Bible is precious to me. When my late wife and I first got married, and we're talking way back in 1975. I felt a need. I'd had a couple of small pocket-sized Bibles that were nice ones, but they were falling apart from all my exploring days in high school and college and travels. And, and I wanted to make an investment in a decent Bible that I would have for a long time. And so this Bible in my hand was purchased in 1975. It has got a lot of highlighting and writing in the margins. The leather is miraculously held up quite well. And whenever I preach, whenever I teach, this Bible is with me and a couple of other books that I I often use and I'm realizing that I'm not spending as much time reading it as I am the clickbait nonsense that seems to consume many of God's people's minds and lives and that has got to change now I've got a handful of stories that I want to share in just a moment with you I think they're like three or four. They're not very long, and I can get through them in just a few minutes. But these stories are going to be eye-openers for you to give you an idea of what is coming down the pike. While so many Christians have been so busy trying to fix the world at the ballot boxes and in political parties and have sloughed off their obligation to their Lord and and God's people, and allowed their churches to degenerate into apostasy in many cases, age out, become irrelevant, whatever the case may be. That's all part of a satanic plan. 
the ineffective or the apostate church. Take your choice. Both are an abomination. Book of Revelation. Remember that? I'd rather you be hot or cold. Not even lukewarm. I'll spew you out of my mouth. We have churches that have gone thoroughly apostate, and I'll get into that in the next segment. We have church, we, and we still have a few, not many, that are on fire for the Lord. And then we have a lot that are in the mushy middle that are kind of there, we believe, we sing our praises, we come together, look at our watches and cell phones to make sure he doesn't preach too long. You're lukewarm. You're not doing anything for the kingdom. You're not growing. You're not changing lives. You might as well be apostate. You might as well be deniers of God and his truth. And so all over this country, and I travel around this part of the world that I'm in, in Southwest Virginia, and it's getting hard to find a Bible-believing church. It really is. I mean, outside of, well, the main, most of the mainstream, they've gone apostate. Can't be trusted anymore. They're busy debating gay marriage and a bunch of other stuff that they, they, they shouldn't even be debating, let alone endorsing. Or social justice, or can't we all get along? Jesus loves everything, including your sin. These churches are preaching pure heresy. They need either a revival Their people need to be on fire, or I would pray that God sends fire to the building. I'm I'm being blunt. I've had enough. And that's what I want to get into. How do we fix it? Like I said, I'm recording this program before my surgery. And if you're hearing it, that means things are on track, and I'll probably be back tomorrow post-surgery. There may be a chance I'm not because it depends when the catheter comes out. I mean, this is the only real issue and, and getting my rest. We're not 100% sure. But I have a backup if something was wrong that you'd hear about it, just so you know. As we start getting into the next several weeks, there's going to be some changes in this program, in me, in what God has called me to do. And I'm going to be on fire for the things that are important. I'm preparing some pages to add to the website. They'll probably they'll probably go up this weekend, maybe as early as tomorrow, if not early next week. I've still got a little editing to do, and I plan on finishing the editing during my recuperation time because that's not that hard to do because I can use a small laptop to kind of finish that out in kind of a comfortable location in the house which is easier than trying to use the studio because I have a lot that I want to share with you and it's a project that God has put in my heart and my mind I'm going to also ask you to continue praying for me because as I say if you're hearing this I am still in recuperation I am hoping that any additional pathology is as good as as what we've been getting the last two times, which was extremely encouraging. 
But regardless, I'm going to put my hope and my trust in my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, to sustain me. Who knows? Maybe I have a permanent uh, thorn in the flesh like like St. Paul did. Maybe my time on this earth may be less than expected. We'll figure that out in a year or two. But with the time that I have, whether I've got a year or two or a decade, I don't know right now. I really don't know. And guess what? It really doesn't matter. I'm going to do what God has called me to do for as long as he allows me to do it. And building building this radio program into a different type of ministry and adding to it the things that I believe are important that God has laid in my heart. Look, I'm going to come out and say it. I spent I've been in radio over 50 years, on the air, behind the scenes, engineering, management, ownership, even in high-powered shortwave facilities, AM, FM, all, I mean, I've done it all. I also had a few opportunities that I never expected in my life. Number one, coming into the ministry. I'd always felt that call at a younger age, but it took until I got into my late 30s, into my 40s to be ordained. And then I had a successful run in churches, and I learned a lot during that process on how to build a church. At least years ago, things are a little different these days. I get it. I truly do. I also had the opportunity to work in emergency management, I've worked in news. I've worked in public information. I've had an interesting career. And all of these elements are coming into play today. Number one, to discern what is true, what is legit. The Bible says, test all things. Hold on to that which is good. And so I'll be talking in the next segment. And I really want you to stick around for the next segment. It's going to be hugely important. As we begin to reveal what God has laid on my heart going forward. You know, this this having this cancer to deal with has put life into perspective and I've been reaching out and talking to other people, not just within my own quote denominational group, but others that I know are true believers. And we all are feeling so much of the same thing. And all of us in our own place are getting ready to do very much similar things. So I am convinced this is a God thing. All over people that I did not know sensing the same thing that God is laying on my heart. And I'll be talking about that in a moment. And reveal some stories and why we're going to do some of the things we're going to do. Now, for now, here we are in the first week of February. We still have some obligations. I know that'll be needing to be taken care of soon. Can you help us financially to stay on the radio? I mean, this is all I want to talk about right now, being on the radio. You can go to the website, truththenumber2ponder.com, truththenumber2ponder.com. And from there, you can support us using Give, Send, Go. You'll see a support tab on the menu for those that prefer to give online. If you prefer to mail a check or a money order, you can use our 
post office box, which by the way, I love this little post office here. They take such good care of us. It's nice being in small town America. You can mail it to Truth to Ponder and make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319. That's 24319. Once again, Post Office Box 510. Chilhowee, Virginia. Zip code 24319 make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Now, like I say, the next part of the program will be one of the most important things you've ever heard me share on radio or podcasts since this program began over two and a half years ago. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Rain Revelation coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in Jesus. Now, rain. The Bible speaks about rain. The word in Hebrew is geshem, rain, geshem. Interesting thing about rain is that it comes down. Now, it may seem real simple, but that's the flow of life. It comes from heaven to earth. The earth can look okay for a while, but without the rain, without the the blessing from heaven, it ends up drying up and ends up being filled with dryness and a drought and there's no life anymore and it's over without that rain from heaven. In the same way, we can go a little bit. I mean, it seems like, you know, you go a little bit without coming to God for a while and things might seem okay for a while, but in the end, it's not going to last. Without God, heaven, your earthly life is going to dry up. You're, you're, without that prayer life, without that, that communion with God going on, it's like the earth without rain. In the end, you're going to become dry. Your life's going to get dry. It's going to affect every part of your life. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, we can, we can get into the world for a while and kind of fill us up for a while, but in the end, it just dries up like a desert. You know, it doesn't matter what you have. Money without God dries up. Because matter. earthly love without God dries up. Even marriage without God dries up without God. Anything, sexuality, anything without God dries up. Even ministry without God. So listen, seek the Lord. Turn your your heart, your mind, your strength back to heaven. Receive the, the waters of the Spirit because he will make your life and your walk come alive again as never before because without prayer, without him, it's like earth without heaven. Want more? Ask for rain on CD. Now, the free gift for you, the Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. You'll love it. And Sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus, special teachings, updates on Israel, world events and prophecy, and the secrets of strength for every day of your life. How do you get it? You just write down this number. Write down 1-800-YESHUA and you call. That's it. For your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. And you will be blessed, but call now, 1-800-Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient people, the Jewish people, and the unreached peoples of five continents with over a billion people. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 
07644. It's a nice Jewish boy box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, Or HaOlam, the light of the world. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Thursday. Very quickly, this program was recorded before my surgery. But if you're hearing it, that means things are going relatively well. And I plan to be back tomorrow, if not Monday. Just depends on when the catheter gets out and some other things. But I wanted to record this program first thanking Jim Calhoun for filling in Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. What a godsend. What a godsend. All right, we spent the first segment talking about why you cannot trust the world and even many of the conservative news sources. I don't trust a lot of them anymore. I think there are some things that are compromised positions that they take. And as Christians, we need to be spending more time doing the things of God than the things of the world. And I think many of us spend how many hours watching Fox News? How many hours watching videos on Rumble? How many hours, you know, doing all this other stuff? But how many hours are you spending in God's Word, praying for this nation, trying to reach people for Christ to get them out of this world? We're in it, but not of it. And I think that is one of the greatest deceptions that we face today. We have apostate, worthless, useless churches, demonically run. Got a couple of stories about that. And then all over the world, we have the Christians are really being persecuted. And I'm not just talking about in Islamic countries. I'm talking about if if you're in England and you're near an abortion clinic, by yourself, silently praying. They will arrest you because it is against the law to be praying even silently outside of an abortion clinic. The worshipers of Moloch are afraid of the power of prayer. They have to shut it down. They have to scare you. They have to arrest you. Well, Bob, that's England. Yeah, but it's happening all over. Let me give you a couple of really fast stories. In recent years, you know and I know that we've been watching the United States trending toward a bit of a police state. And we saw during the pandemic where basic human rights and our freedoms were violated by those in authority. More and more people are now being targeted for their beliefs and opinions, not their actions, but their beliefs and opinions. And it's becoming clear that the idea of free, of a free and open society is now under an increased threat. The pandemic empowered law enforcement and law enforcement agencies to fall into a deception in my belief. Now, I don't, I'm not going to debate this one item here. It is not for me to debate on this program, at least today. I know in this audience, I have people that listen that are Christians, some which are Pentecostal or charismatic, and they believe in the 
in the gift of tongues and many other miracles of the church. They believe it is a biblical gift that the Holy Spirit gave the early church. And I know that some people believe that those gifts have since vanished. And that is a debate that good and honest Christians can have if they so desire. But I don't want the state being the arbitrator of that gift or deciding what is right or what is wrong. And so here's a story that ought to put the fear of God into every one of you. This happened in Alaska. Yeah, one of the 50 states and one that is considered a, quote, conservative state. There's a lady by the name of Mary Fulp. And she is a school principal, 15 years of experience. She has a tremendous amount of respect in the educational community. And she is an individual who happens to belong to a Pentecostal church. And she made a post on social media social media where she talked about this is back in January about not even a month ago on January the 15th she had a a story she had a little thing she put on Facebook that she had a renewed sense of the Holy Spirit and the ability of speaking in tongues okay now after watching this little live stream some of her family members confronted her and they called 911 when she refused to recant her beliefs. Some of Mary's friends and family came to her home and confronted her and she refused to, to recant. She stood firm. Alaska state troopers arrived at her home after determining that she posed no threat and they asked her if she wanted her family members to be cited for trespassing. She said no, just have them leave, so they did nothing. And so the family left, and so did the troopers. But a few hours later, two other troopers responded to another 911 call claiming that there was a signed order from a judge to place Mary in an involuntary psychiatric hold. The troopers didn't verify the validity of the order, and they literally took her to a medical center where she was injected, where she was subjected to all kinds of procedures, blood work, CT scans, EKG, injected with psychotropic drugs against her will, all with those officers watching. This was a violation of her rights and freedoms. Now, the Alaska Public Safety Department has asked the Alaska court system to provide documents associated with the order, but uh, it's the request has been denied because they can't find them. The validity of the court order is now being called into question. And the, Atlantic, uh, the Alaska court system has now issued a statement saying the court order was invalid. But here's what I find disturbing. Why would two Alaska troopers, and I'm looking at these young guys, they, they have that certain look about them. 
you know, that paramilitary short-haired, I know better than you look. They got their vest on. They're, they're ready to arrest you because you, you believe in, in charismatic gifts. Like I say, this program is not to debate that. But here she is taken against her will because they have decided she is dangerous. You want to know something? Don't be surprised that your family be the ones to turn you in. The Bible says that your your best friends and families will turn you over for believing. Look, Christians are going to be in big trouble. Your families will turn against you. Your friends, your employers, they will turn on you. They will give you up. They will think that you being made dead or put into a psychiatric hospital is for your own good. I'm telling you, it's coming. Nebraska. Now you can say, oh yeah, this is just one, you know, one clown. There's a state senator in Nebraska. Her name is Megan Hunt. And she's one of those uber Moloch earth worshiping, drag queen loving, whatever weirdos that seem to be coming out of the out of the pagan society that we have developed. And she has decided to declare war on religious families despite her protestations afterward that she was only trolling, but no. They they reveal themselves until they get some blowback. Then they try to walk it back to win elections. She has an amendment to a bill where she wants to block all youth from any kind of religious indoctrination camp that are run by Christians. And she defines a camp as a vacation Bible study, a Christian retreat, a lock-in, any convention held by a church or youth group or religious organization for the purpose of indoctrinating children with a specific set of religious beliefs. And she also wants to add to this, you ready for this? And by the way, this should be no child under 19 shall be present at any religious indoctrination camp. Not 18, but 19. And she wants it to be a class one misdemeanor if anybody takes anybody under the age, you know, 19 or younger. And she also doesn't want any individual under 21 present in any kind of religious camp or service or whatever if they actually use real wine in communion. And she said, well, my bill, LB 371, you know, is to make a point about drag shows that she's all for. We shouldn't be banning those. So if you're going to do that, we ought to. So she has an amendment. And she denies she did it. She wrote it back on the 23rd of January. And when people called her out and she got the blowback, oh, no, I'm just trolling. No, you were telling the truth. And I really believe she's serious about that. Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. Catholic students in a Catholic group were wearing, and I'm looking at the hats right now, and it just says Rosary Pro-Life. That's all it says on it. This story comes out of WYFF TV in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm kind of familiar with them. 
They're actually not a bad TV station. I had to deal with them back in my days in emergency management. They were these little hats are like little beanies. And they, they, they had these things, and the lettering is not big. They did that so they could identify each other at the museum. They all wore the same hat. And on the hat, it just had in small letters, rosary, pro-life. That's all it said. Nothing else. Rosary, pro-life. And we're talking on just a little band of the beanie if you know what a beanie is, a little head covering. And it's cold up there in D.C. And this occurred during the the uh, March for Life rally back on the 20th of January. And they were ordered to take off those beanies, and they were removed. They couldn't be there. They, they, they The kids said, we're supposed to wear these, and so they're all thrown out. Religious and political discrimination by our own federal government, our own reprobate, vomitous federal government run by the worst president, the most corrupt president this nation has ever put into that office, bar none. Dementia Joe is a puppet of the extreme left. He sold this nation out. The man should be spending the next 40 years in prison, not two more years in office, wanting to run for four more. But then again, he owns the state of Delaware, so don't... And remember, the federal prosecutor looking after his son is the federal prosecutor in Delaware, so don't don't hold out any hope. It's over, people. It's time that the church break away. And we need to break away from apostate churches i'm watching story after story you know saint paul reminds us that the day is going to come when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires they'll have itching ears heap upon themselves teachers they'll turn their ears away from the truth and be turned unto fables that's from second timothy chapter four most important jesus warns and this is what we're living and seeing today. He told about a time when many will fall away because their love for God will go cold. They're going to fall away. If you believe in this once saved, always saved, you better reassess. The Bible shows how many that claim to be believers and don't tell me, well, they never really were. No, Jesus said they were and now they are not. St. Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. The Bible says one of the times of the signs of the end times is the rise of the apostate church. Apostasy means to walk away from the truth that you've known. An apostate is someone who once believed and now rejects the truth of God. Apostate churches are ones that once believed and now they embrace false doctrines. They embrace satanic, deceptive, Moloch, pagan, pagan theology. An apostate church, Bible doctrine is gone. There's an emphasis on your sensual and our experience and our feelings. 
We're told to accept today's social norms and even sins condemned in the Bible because things change. What does the Bible say yesterday, today, forever? Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name is the hymn. We have pastors, churches, church leaders that no longer believe in the truth of the Holy Scripture, and they become apostate. And I've watched it. I have watched it in my lifetime. I have watched it over the past 50 years. This gradual, it started with the me generation in the late 80s in particular, though there was some of this nonsense occurring in the 70s. And now it's the I generation, the self-focus. I come to the church to be entertained by that wonderful praise man and that and that pep talk that makes me feel good about me, myself, and I. There is no worship. It is, it is almost sensual to the point of almost sexual for some people to be caught up in all of this. Sermons that talk about, oh, secular things that replace the gospel. Secular things will be repaired when we all share in the same gospel. You're not going to do secular stuff to fix what has been broken. Sorry, it don't work that way. Even one of the big megachurches in the Southern Baptist Convention, and you have Southern Baptist churches, literally, you know, that, that used to be some of the best bulwarks, Andy Stanley, you know who that is? That's Charles Stanley's son. And he has gone into the realm now of gay affirming. A few weeks ago, he's been in the headlines over comments he made in his sermon. In that sermon, he agreed that homosexuals love Jesus and probably have more faith than most other Christians. And so we need to, shall we say, defend all that. Friends, between... Police thinking if you're charismatic or Pentecostal, you need to be sent to the funny farm. Between people turning you in because they believe if you're a Christian, you're crazy. It's coming. If somebody had told me this 25 years ago, I would say probably not in my lifetime. But then again, I didn't expect the Supreme Court to decide that marriage can be between two men that two men can now adopt and one can identify as a woman if they want. This is, this is the bizarre, sick, sin-filled world that we live in. And we are told to celebrate sin and castigate the unrighteous. It's getting hard to find a church you can trust. And I, I believe firmly that my little ministry is just that, a little ministry. But God is going to raise up a lot of these little ministries. One of my goals is to get more airtime to eventually, and I'm saying within weeks or months, to be able to give you a church service on the radio several times over the weekend, also streamable from websites, 
not just audio, but even video at some point, as God permits. There's a building not far from where we are. It was It's a church building. It's been vacant. It's in great condition. I'm meeting with people at the end of this month of February. I'm praying that my health is really restored because I'm going to be spending some time, even though it's not, quote, my denomination, I'm going to spend some time as their guest talking about the things of God over a weekend and the prospects for what can be done with that building. And maybe this weekend or by the first of the week, I'll tell you maybe tomorrow or Monday, I've got some pages that I am preparing. Pages that I'm preparing to talk about what I call the church project. And this is going to become the new center focus of this program. Sure, we'll still do the news. But I'm going to put these stories in the light of God's word. Now remember, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you believe there are clergy out there that don't even believe in God anymore? I can tell you that that there are a lot of clergy that are non-believers. I had a debate with one way back in 19, well, actually, yeah, late 1999. He was the pastor of a large church in Tampa. Totally atheist, but he loves organ music and a good paycheck and playing golf. And he belonged to the Episcopal Church where they get paid quite well. You'll find him in Lutheran churches, Presbyterian churches, Methodist churches, all over. They believe in social justice and homosexuality. That seems to be the two things that set them apart. And you're finding him now even in Baptist churches, formerly churches you could trust. There was a time years ago you could trust the United Church of Christ, but now they've moved to being the most liberal Protestant denomination I know of. And on and on it goes. You have progressive-minded Presbyterians and, and others. And you have the atheist agnostic that stays in the ministry because he likes the people and likes the job. Maybe you don't have a church, and that's what this project is all about. Not so much that I want to build just an online church. Don't get me wrong. Many may live in places in northern Canada where there is no church nearby. Maybe you're out in the middle of Nebraska and what little churches you have left, well, you know, there's a problem. But then again, we can get some home fellowships started off the radar screen. Maybe that home fellowship can develop into a small little church. I'm an ordained minister. Doesn't matter what denomination. But I'll work with you to help build a body of believers. The Lord has just said, look, you were deeply into your denomination for years, but that's going to change. I'm running out of time. If you can help us support this ministry, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio, mail it to Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia. Zip code is 24319, 24319. And you can also support us from our website. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, 
ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.